0: to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way, go to the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me, you won't regret it.
1: Hey heel squad, please enjoy this pre-taped episode with the amazing Dr. Caroline Leaf. And don't forget to tune in to part two tomorrow. Coming up on today's better together
2: how does your brain and body and mind make you wake up to the fact that you need to fix something inside of you. And the, the way you do that is to look at depression and anxiety and these other, some, these other emotional things, not as diseases, which is the current narrative, which is totally unscientific and hasn't worked and has caused more problems, but has, but to look at it as a warning signal and to become a thought detective to think, okay, mm-hmm. depression is not a bad thing that I had to suppress. Anxiety is not a bad thing that I have to suppress. And I know this sounds crazy because you're thinking, oh, anxiety, depression, these are bad things. No, they're not bad things. They are fantastic because they are messengers. They are telling you, they are warning signals saying, hey, embrace that depression. I know it feels terrible. I know it feels awful to feel anxious and have a panic attack. But there's a reason why you're showing up like that. There's a reason why you feel that. And you have the power to actually do the thought detective work to find out why. What is the underlying cause? And once you are aware of that, you can then basically reconstruct that or reconceptualize that into a thought that is now you controlling a pattern, a new pattern, neurological pattern in your mind that is that that you that enables you to change how that past is playing out into your future.
0: I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hey, Better Together with Maria Menuno's fans.
3: It's me, Mr. Maria Menounos, subbing for my beautiful and talented wife once again. And I'm going to just tell you right now something you've never heard me say before. I think today is going to be our most important interview because today we're going to learn how to actually rewire our brains to make all the best decisions we need to make and to have the longest health and even how to reduce age and i'm going to start out with our quote and i may be wrong kelsey but i don't oh, i don't I think, think i am right. i think, it all, I think it all starts here mm. and then all the other healing principles we learn on this show fall in line this but is I, your foundation. i really think it starts here mm. anyway whatever we plant in our minds and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. Mm -hmm. Dr. Carolyn Leaf is a cognitive neuroscientist, mental and mind health expert, and best-selling author. She has been researching the human brain, trying to understand the science of thought for over 30 years. Her work has helped those with brain trauma, learning disabilities, ADD, ADHD, autism, dementias, and emotional mental health issues. Dr. Carolyn Leaf is here to speak about her new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, How to Use Our Minds to Detox and Grow Our Brains to Succeed, while also finding ways to eliminate the roots of anxiety, depression, and intrusive thoughts. Dramatic pause. (laughs) This book and her work have information to dramatically improve mental and physical health, and she will share that uh, with us today. Better Together in the Heal Squad, welcome Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Dr. Leaf, thank you so much for being here.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for your words of encouragement. And I'm I'm loving to, I love to talk about this topic. So it's so important. So thank you.
3: Well, let's listen, let's get into it because, again, I've even said this in the pre interview, there's there's no possible way to cover all of this because the book is so rich with information. But I do think it's the key to all of the healing starts here in our noggins because I think that's where a lot of the toxicity comes from. Um, You talk about um, when we don't use our mind correctly. All the ramifications that come along with that. Can you talk about how we're not using our minds correctly, and then what are the things that manifest from not using our minds correctly?
2: Excellent question. Well, I think the way to answer that, Kevin, is to actually distinguish between the mind and the brain, if I may, because there's a difference. Huh. And when you understand the difference, then it makes so much more sense to understand that your know, how how mind actually what is going on and why, why we land up with these situations and can we manage this whole concept and this is what I've been doing for 38 years is to understand what the difference is and the relationship because in our current narrative people will talk about mind and brain as though it's the same thing They so say oh my mind oh my brain but they're actually two different two different things completely and to understand it in the most simple way your brain is The first part of your physical body, so your brain and body together are made of 37 to 100 trillion cells, and that's our physical part. But that's only 1 to 10% of who we are as humans. The thing that's running this 37 to 100 trillion physical machine of ours is actually the mind. So the mind is the 90 to 99% driving force that actually makes the brain and the body alive and working and enables us to express ourselves as humans. So there's two distinct relationships, two distinct things going on there that have a relationship. So physical is brain and body, and then mind is also has a physical nature. We we can draw, describe it with things like gravitational fields and electromagnetic fields, and work that Einstein's done and quantum physics many different ways. But it's almost like there's a cloud around us and moving through us. That is has these principles of that, that we understand from gravitational fields and electromagnetics and so on, and this that's this life force. So the difference between you and I having this discussion and the listeners and viewers and a dead person is our mind. So someone who's dead doesn't have this energy, this and, and energy is such an all-encompassing all word, doesn't have this life force. So, for example, if I put a QEEG Um, onto your brain, which is some of the technology that I use for my neuroscientific research, we're going to see a response in your brain. And that response that we're seeing is your physical brain responding to your mind. It's your mind moving through the brain and saying, hey, brain, do something. And if we had to put, for example, an EKG on the heart, we would see a response. So those are two kind of easiest ways to visualize that. But if someone's dead we won't have any response on the qEEG machine or the ekg so that life force that mind this power that we have that is driving everything is mind so mind can be understood as um, on a psychological level as how we think and feel and choose in response to life and then the the on a physics level it's gravitational fields and it's energy forces and electromagnetic fields and waves and all kinds of interesting things And then the brain is the physical substance. And when the two connect, incredible stuff happens. And we drive that process. And when I say we, that's our mind. So mind is who we are. It's our liveness. It's our ability to think, feel, and choose in response to life. So our mind is driving everything. It's driving this discussion we're having now. It's driving what the viewers and listeners are listening to us now. It's driving you. You go to bed with your mind. You wake up with your mind. You sleep with your mind. You have nightmares with your mind. You talk with your mind. You have a relationship with your mind. You eat with your mind. You exercise with your mind. As you quite correctly started off saying, this is the first cause. This is the first thing. This is the fundamental. Mind is driving everything all day long, all night long, forever. You can go three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but you can't even go three seconds without your mind working. So we don't understand our mind. We can't even begin to get things like toxic thoughts and ruminations and anxiety and depression. And we can't even really get a handle on them because they are mind driving brain and brain responding. And there is that relationship. Does that sort of lay a good foundation?
0: When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, It's time to make your life a little easier, and to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there: this little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Station for you to dab it, it does. It's
3: the, it's definitely the beginning. It opens the hatchet. So you like, like the book says. Our brains don't stop thinking, but most of our brains, I'll say mine, is a bit messy, Mm -hmm. right? That's
2: normal, yes. All of us have a messy mind. That is totally normal. So remember, the the brain can't do anything. So it's the mind doing the work, the brain is responding. So as the mind, as like now you're listening to me, at 400 billion actions per second, your mind, which is your thinking, feeling, and choosing, is processing what I'm saying, and, and all the listeners and viewers as well, and it's pushing this energy force Through the brain, and the brain is responding electromagnetically, chemically, neurochemically, and genetically, and so there's this magic happening as the mind hits the brain. Now, what we have is in as we're experiencing life, we are we have a messy mind, and we have a wise mind. This is the most simple way of understanding it. A messy mind is on the front line. Think of an army; you've got the front line of the army. It is such a great thing to have, the messy, and here, hear what I'm saying, the messy mind is so normal. It's how we experiment with life. We don't know, we can't control people, events or circumstances. So we open our eyes in the morning and we get into life in this very experimental way, which can be pretty messy. Sometimes we make the right decisions. Sometimes we respond. Sometimes we react incorrectly and so on. So the messy mind is how we kind of experiencing life. But the messy mind is not supposed to operate alone. The messy mind is supposed to be managed by our wise mind. And a, and a way of understanding this without sounding too, you know, like over the top or whatever, it's very scientific, we have um, at our core being on a neurobiological level, we are wired for love, we have this design within our brain and our body that is going towards survival. The immune system is a classic case of that. So if anything threatens our survival like a virus, like the COVID virus, the immune system kicks in to fight that. If you have a toxic reaction to life or you have an abuse or you have something going on that is is messy then that, is, that becomes a physical part of your brain, which is the process of neuroplasticity. And that that um, toxic issue is made of proteins exactly the same way that a COVID um, a virus is made of proteins, different proteins, but it's still physical substance. And our immune system will try and fight the toxic thought as much as it's going to try and fight the COVID virus, for example. And that's the reality this, of, of the fact that thoughts have substance, they have weight, they have this heaviness. There's a, a product of our mind in action and our mind is always in action. So the messy mind is creating these products and the wise mind is monitoring how it's working. The problem is that we get so busy being messy that we forget to listen to the wisdom. And another way of of seeing it is uh, is, is this this why so this wide for love design um is the the immune system is trying to say hey messy mind do something so it's this kind of wisdom that's built into our neurobiology but it's also built into the mind which is kind of like a spiritual type level mind is without sounding anything weird it's a sort of it's very much our aliveness and it has all these physical components as i mentioned quantum physics and so on but your your wise mind is or your mind's elements are moving towards optimism. So which is survival, which is balance. So everything about a human is going towards survival, balance, optimism. So we drawn to the negative virus to fix it, the immune system in the brain. We drawn to the toxic issue to fix it. We drawn to the toxic news to try and make sense of it, to fix it. So we drawn to the, the negative, not because we are negatively driven, but because we it's threatening our survival, it's threatening our balance. So because of that, our messy mind is drawn to experience life and then it kind of sometimes can be toxic and messy. And then our wise mind saying, okay, now recalibrate, self-regulate. Is that the right way of functioning? That's going to affect your brain and your body because messy mind sends messy energy waves through the brain and the body. We can pick this up with QEGs that then changes blood flow and oxygen. It changes everything right down to the DNA. You mentioned earlier on about age and that's where the aging thing comes in when our DNA is hit by a messy mind. So our mind is driving everything including our dna of every cell of our body and if it's messy messy mind and not listening to wise mind we're going to have this mess so what we've got to have messy minds okay but it's got to work with the wise mind a lot of us get stuck working mainly in the mess messy mind and we don't pay enough attention developing the relationship well
3: i think i think 90 more percent of us don't do that and that's why i think this book is great but um when you do have a messy mind you talk about 90% or more of illnesses and i believe this are related yeah. to that messy mind including the aging process but, exactly right so can you speak a little bit about that cuz i want like people to really know the ramifications of this to excite them about the rewiring process so they can you know they can stop this they can improve their health and they can probably defy aging
2: yeah it's so true that's brilliant so okay so basically We designed for messy mind to have a messy mind, but to be managing our messy mind. So that's why I talk about mind management in the book. I constantly talk about mind management. So mind management means that the wise mind's working with the messy mind. So if our mind is not being managed, if we just stay in a mess, so we just keep making those mistakes, we keep sucking those patterns. We just don't, we just kind of keep rolling with it. And eventually it explodes because we can't keep rolling because it goes against our natural nature. That, uh so to let's say for example you notice that you in your relationship there is a toxic pattern that's occurring and it's happening every time you maybe have a certain discussion about certain things you notice there's a pattern or you notice at work that you're always getting very irritated and worked up or you know whatever wherever you notice there's a pattern or you're feeling maybe more depressed than normal and anxious and we'll talk about what all that means in a moment but when you notice that kind of thing it's an indication of messiness that is potentially not being managed because it's a pattern a managed mess is not a pattern it means you've recognized the pattern and you've altered it and you are managing it so you're getting out of it quickly but a pattern means it keeps on happening and therefore it's not being managed now that is generating that messiness is you in that work situation always getting irritated and it's day after day so it is a pattern now that is energy coming that is those toxic relationship in that work environment is words but those words are electromagnetic light forces and auditory sound waves that enter your gravitational field and go into your brain and your body and they build a toxic thought made of proteins and the proteins are all folded incorrectly and this is what it looks like I've got a picture I've got a little image here I use trees when we think feel and choose when we use our mind and the the energy is pushed through our brain, we build thoughts, thoughts look like trees. So at the moment, we're having a great discussion. So we are building, a very good thought it's a healthy thought and we're using our messy mind and wise mind messy minds experimental it's understanding and wise minds helping us understand this all your existing thoughts and so on but if we're having a toxic issue a toxic discussion in a business relationship or there's history of abuse or there's an abusive relationship or there's whatever anything toxic okay uh, is going to become a toxic product they look different in the brain they're made of proteins but the proteins are folded incorrectly and there's this disturbance in the brain and the body in, in the in the brain with this this physical thought. So the toxic experience is building into these trees. These trees send a message to the DNA of every cell and every cell then stores a representation in the DNA of this. And that whole combination is in the brain as a thought tree. It's in the cells of the body as a disturbance in the DNA. So there's a change in the genetic in the in the epigenetic code that we call it. So there's a change in our cells. And then there's also a change in the energy fields around us. Now, if you think of, um, to understand the energy field around us, this mind thing, think of when you, um, if you use, um, if you use your computer to speak on your, to, to do FaceTime, mm-hmm. and you see, as you're speaking, you see the little lines. Mm-hmm. That's a great visual to think of what your, what's, what the mind looks like kind of thing. And so we've also going to store that toxic thing in the mind. So that, and here you'll see the point I'm making, is that this toxic tree in the brain is a toxic epigenetic, mutation in the body and is a a very crazy field in the mind that combination has changed the whole environment of your body and increased your vulnerability to disease by 35 to 98 percent so if you go right down to the cells it's easy to understand this because our body and here's a little model of the brain and the body. Mm-hmm. This is, as I mentioned already, the brain and body are made of 37 to hundred trillion cells and you've got the mind around and through. And as you think, feel, and choose in response, as I said, you're going to build the trees in the brain, the DNA changes in the cells of, of which are also in the brain, and you're going to have a, this very erratic field in the mind. Now, all of that is creating an environment here that is vulnerable yeah. now to see what that means is if you just take a single cell and you go into the cell and you find the nucleus now if we remember from biology, there's mm-hmm. a cell cells have got the nucleus and in the nucleus, you're going to find your DNA and if you if you think of Jurassic Park, it looks like a little ladder and you can pull out the chromosomes and chromosomes look like X's and there's my fingers literally you can cross your fingers. There's a little chromosome and my pink fingernails are the ends of the chromosomes. And those chromosomes are called the ends of chromosomes are called telomeres. And telomeres are vitally important. It's a new area of research, fairly new area of research. And what we've seen with telomeres is that your messiness in your mind affects the telomere's functioning. So if mind messiness is not being managed and it's just left to be messy, Which your most mind of us stays don't, messy,
3: right?
2: The, tel- yeah, the telomeres <clears throat> are going to get that signal and they become weaker and shorter. And when they're weaker and shorter, Your cells keep are always replicating. Telomeres are involved in your building new cells and cells. And every second you build about a million new cells. So the health of these million new cells that you constantly make in your body all day long, which, and all your cells make all your organs. And so your brain and your heart, everything's made Mm -hmm. up of of your cells and every cell is responding. Every cell's got these, these telomeres. And if our mind is messy, then our telomeres are shortened. Then the cells that we make are weaker. And the more the telomeres get affected, the weaker the cells, the cells cluster together to form your heart, your brain, et cetera. So when I talk about the vulnerability increasing by 35 to 98%, when you talk about this disease, 95% of disease is coming from our thought life. This is what's happening. Our messy mind is literally affecting everything. But I'm talking now specifically telomeres, the the health of every cell, which makes up everything else is completely um, being affected. Every second by the mechanisms wow. of our mind. So, and Doctor Lee, what hap- increases the What happens
3: when we do a um, What happens when we do something mind altering? To quiet so when the messaging mind. We can- Drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff. Tell me what happens.
2: So, when we take something that is mind altering, it's called a psychoactive substance. So, something like alcohol is a psychoactive substance. It's going into the brain. And it's changing the way that the actual structure functions because the, the structure of the brain. So the brain is plastic, literally. I mean, it's literally, can it's malleable. It's That's when we talk about neuroplasticity. We're talking about the fact that the brain changes all the time when you're alive, when you're dead, it doesn't do anything. So it's changing because your mind is always changing. Your mind is experiencing life. You're never the same. You're not the same as you were when you began this interview. So the changes in the mind are so if mind changes brain substances also change the brain when you eat that changes the brain and the body when you drink that changes the brain and the body healthy food changes the brain and body for good toxic uh, substances will change the brain and the body in a negative way so it's pretty much changing and altering the synaptic um the synapses which are where nerve cells connect and these these little structures on the dendrites the little branches and they like little doorways and they alter and change, which then creates that psychoactive effect. And that's why like alcohol changes and certain levels of alcohol may make you more socially relaxed, but then excessive amounts get you drunk. And same with drugs, they are altering the pathways in the brain. Physically there's a physical change. that alcohol This, this is, is not a good through. thing.
3: This is not a good thing.
2: Not if it's, not if it's the alcohol in large measure, large quantities or drugs in large quantities, it's damaging to the brain. And over, and even you know, psychotropic drugs like antidepressants and things, they physically change the brain in a negative way. They're not fixing anything. They're changing the brain. So if you're constantly um, drinking, constantly getting drunk, constantly taking a lot of drugs and things, your brain is changing. Just think of it like this. Your brain is always changing by whatever you are thinking or eating or putting in your body or onto your body is changing your brain if it's good stuff it's changing your brain and body for the better and if it's bad stuff it is changing your brain and body for the negative so there's physical um, alterations in the actual neural structures and in the chemistry it gets imbalanced and all of that together affects hormones so there's always a down regulation in other words there's always an effect on the rest of the body it's never isolated to the brain because the brain controls the body so whatever's happening in the brain is happening Every in the gut body. in the heart in everywhere everywhere so, so everywhere so, gets affected
3: so let's move on to the the, the 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 solution to this which you say is the five steps you know of the neuro cycle it was one of the ways can we can we talk about like let's get into the good news of how we can fix Yes, otherwise we can, yes, otherwise we can get
2: kind of depressed from the, the negatives. So. <laughs> well, it's good to
3: know, um, but now no, it's, it's like, let's get important. to work. Yeah. yeah
2: no, it's very important. I, I think maybe that the easiest way to understand the neuro is to quickly just um, in, start that answer by telling you that when we get something like anxiety and depression and panic attacks, that that's very normal. It's, and they're not it's, they're not diseases. And this is a really important point because then just the neurocycle make a lot of sense. So when someone um, says they feel anxious and depressed, frustrated, irritated, panic attacks, it doesn't mean you have a broken brain. It does mean your brain has changed because there's, there's a reason why you're feeling that depression. But that doesn't, that cause is not in the brain. It's not that you are broken. It's that you are going through something. So depression and anxiety are symptoms of an underlying cause. Depression and anxiety are clues or cues or warning signals, as I like to call them, of an underlying issue. So the neuro cycle, neuro meaning brain cycle, means is is a system I developed over 38 years ago based on heavy clinical trials and research and working for 25 years with in clinical practice with people with heavy problems like depression and, and uh, TB, t- traumatic brain injuries and Alzheimer's and learning disabilities and autism and you know serious problems. And I had to develop a system because the system that I was trained in was just, oh, well, there's not much you can do for them. Just teach your patients to compensate because they didn't believe back in the 80s that the brain could change. And I didn't agree with that. So I started challenging that and did some of the first work in neuroplasticity in my field in the late 80s, early 90s, saying that if you can understand mind and manage your mind, you can then Change your mind, so you can, and that's that wise mind, messy mind thing, getting that relationship going. And I wanted to know if that's the case, can, does the brain change? Because if the mind is changing, the mind drives the brain, then the brain changes, and that is the case. The brain is always changing. So um, I wanted to know how can we direct our mind. To change our mind, how can we get the messy mind, wise mind thing going, and how can we direct the change in the brain, and therefore, how can we change this vulnerability of our body? Right. So, if we have been unmanaged in our messy minds and we've got all this and taken all this, you know, drugs and alcohol, is there hope? Yes, there is. A resounding yes. There is such hope. Your brain—it will take time. It's not going to happen overnight. It happens in cycles of sixty-three days, because that's the sort of healing time that's required for these cycles of healing to happen. Um, But there's a resounding yes, which is so hopeful. You can understand your mind and learn to manage your mind, which means manage mind management, means getting the wise mind to talk to the messy mind. And that then means you direct the neuroplasticity of your brain. So you can literally design what you want your brain to look like. And And this can be done in
3: 63 days.
2: Cycles of 63 days. So it doesn't mean you do one cycle of 63 days and your life's fine because you—you you, you, pretty much as a human, you are going to be battling with different things all the time. So as you fix one thing, the next thing comes up. And that's just life. We don't know what's coming up tomorrow. No. So what I have is a system that I have put into place um, over these years that is how you you live with your mind all the time. How can you manage it in whatever circumstance? So what we are doing at, at any one moment is we're living like now. We're having conversations. So we're using our mind. We can use through the neuro cycle, You can learn to use your mind more efficiently in a conversation like this. You can also use the neuro cycle to, to to recognize the pattern of depression in your life or the pattern of toxic relationships in your life, whatever the patterns are and because a pattern means that there's something established which means there's something that happened and you haven't dealt with it it's been suppressed in some way and anything that's suppressed in your brain and your body that's toxic is creating that whole survival thing threatened to survival imbalance thing i spoke about in the beginning so how does your brain and body and mind make you wake up to the fact that you need to fix something inside of you and the the way you do that is to look at depression and anxiety and these other some, these other emotional things, not as diseases, which is the current narrative, which is totally unscientific and hasn't worked and has caused more problems, but has but to look at it as a warning signal and to become a thought detective, to think, okay, mm-hmm. depression is not a bad thing that I have to suppress, anxiety is not a bad thing that I have to suppress. And I know this sounds crazy because you're thinking, oh, anxiety, depression, these are bad things. No, they're not bad things. They are fantastic because they are messengers they are telling you their warning signals saying hey embrace that depression i know it feels terrible i know it feels awful to feel anxious and have a panic attack but there's a reason why you're showing up like that there's a reason why you feel that and you have the power to actually do the thought detective work to find out why what is the underlying cause and once you are aware of that you can then Basically, reconstruct that or reconceptualize that into a thought that is now you controlling a pattern, a new pattern, neurological pattern in your mind that is that that you that enables you to change how that past is playing out into your future. So, very simple scenario: you've lots of depression. You're waking up depressed, lots of depression. So, instead of saying, "Oh my gosh, I've got to go to the doctor. I've got a neuropsychiatric brain disease. I've got a neurobiological, whatever wording you use. I've got a mental illness." Instead of saying that and thinking it's scary and you have just got to suppress it throw that out the door and say okay I welcome this depression and anxiety it's a helpful messenger immediately the minute you shift that mindset 1400 neurophysiological responses in your brain your body will start working for you instead of against you so immediately you've shifted in the midst of feeling depressed you're still feeling depressed but you've had a shift in your body your non-conscious mind and your brain and you're not aware of that because your conscious mind is is different to the non-conscious mind the conscious mind's only awake when you're awake the non-conscious mind is awake 24 7 it's the most intelligent part of you it's the hugest part of you and it is aware of things it's doing the work to keep you balanced and keep you alive and driving your body and doing all that stuff the conscious mind has to learn to work with an unconscious mind to listen to the messages from the body and the brain and and the mind to function in the correct way and we designed to do this we brilliant as humans we are phenomenal So mind management and self-regulation using the neurocycle is saying, okay, depression, I'm not scared of you. You're not an illness. You're not an it because I could have, and the reason why I say that is that I could have five people in front of me now, all the clinical diagnosis of, of depression, and it wouldn't help them one bit to have that diagnosis. Yes. Maybe it's a sort of, okay, this is why I feel the way I do. But when, as time goes on, it's not solving your problem. You've got to know why do you feel depression? You've got to become curious about that signal. So you, because all five of those people would have five different stories about why they are feeling like that. So giving them a label and a drug isn't fixing the problem. It's like chopping the head off the weed in the garden. The weeds will go back. So we have to say, OK, the depression is telling me something. So now when I've embraced that, I've changed the neurophysiology in my brain and my body and my mind. And now I've got more resilience. And now I can actually stand back and I can be in a more, a, more um, in control, empowered state to be able to go and do the thought detective work, to become Hercules Poirot or Sherlock Holmes or whatever you want in terms of deconstructing and reconstructing the situation. And that takes cycles of 63 days and a very specific five-step process, which is what the neuro cycle is. So it's a very deliberate conscious process that you would do to identify why you have that pattern. And you do it in five steps daily for for um five steps daily for around about 15 to 45 minutes. You do the five steps. We're going to talk about what they are yes. in a moment, but I want people to understand this is organized. When you, your brain, you, you, you know that the reason why I want to say this is, you know that.
0: I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with ways new,
2: You do something, but you know you shouldn't be doing it. Or you're stuck in that rumination. You brought that up in the beginning somewhere along how we can get stuck ruminating about Mm -hmm. thoughts, or or we can feel stuck emotionally. Or we have comments like, oh, that's my automatic brain responding, or my reptilian brain. Other people use different terminology. Or that's in your fright and flight mode, or you're in your freeze mode, or it's stuck in your body. All of those are correct words, but the science behind that is that you have a toxic thought that is dominating you because the toxic if you look at this toxic thought it's got a root system and it's got branches like any tree look at this little tree over here there's a root system and there is the 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 branch system the root system let's look at the healthy one first is the origin story where did what where did this thing originate from the branches are your interpretation this is how you show up this is healthy so let's say it's this discussion now whatever i'm saying and the questions i'm asking you that goes in the roots because that's the source of this discussion this discussion the tree thought tree is called mental health or whatever um, cleaning up the mental mess the things we're discussing go in the root system your mind is converting the words, et cetera, into these protein roots. But each person, as you're building, building the roots, you're also building a, a corresponding branch, which is your interpretation of how you understand this. And at the end of this conversation, you've got a whole lot of little root memories and a whole lot of branch memories, and that's what you're going to talk about. And it's different for every person listening. And that's the basic process we're all going through. We do it just 8,000 to, 8, to 10,000 times a day. We do this which is incredible okay yeah. so and to do this we also draw on existing knowledge because as i'm telling you all of this all kinds of thoughts are popping up in your mind that are existing thought trees that are then helping you to build this new one and they're connecting to the existing ones so there's about 30 to forty thousand things going on in your head over a course of a day that's a lot and we can manage yes. that if we know what we're doing and we should be teaching this from very young okay so this is healthy now let's go to this this toxic tree now here's the root system which is the origin this is toxic so this is maybe the abuse or the bullying or the issues that have happened in your life from COVID or the isolation that's happened or more specific whatever and that's that's the that's the source the origin and then this is the interpretation so maybe it's abuse and this is you how you think and feel and and choose about yourself which is i am shame i can't form relationships i'm responsible i'm not worthy i'm not valued whatever and then this shows up as you can't form a relationship, or eventually break down in complete anxiety, or you suppress it for as much as, as long as you can, and then it explodes in your life as major. You just can't do anything. Your like to kind of just fall whatever. So this, as our life is falling apart, as we have the depression, instead of just current narrative would be falling apart, depression. Oh, you have clinical dep- depression. Take this medication. Go for um, hopefully a bit of therapy. And hopefully the therapy will help you find the origin source, but the medication is not going to fix it. It's not, it's not fixing a chemical imbalance. It's not fixing like in diabetes or in um, the heart disease. We, there'll be, there's actually a disease process that the medication fixes. When it comes to mind, it's not the same rule. Depression doesn't have a neurological basis that you can go and fix with a drug. Okay, the drug just numbs your brain. So what you want to do is look at the depression, as I keep saying, as a warning signal, which then changes that neurophysiology, the 1400 different responses work for you. Now you can look at this thing and you can deconstruct it. You, in, in a sense, what you're doing is you're embracing it to process it, to reconceptualize it. And this is then how you're going to get stuck out of that get out of that rumination, get out of those patterns in your life that are keeping you stuck. So there's a very systematized organized way that you do this and this is also not taught enough to kids in schools to adults this should be part of our educational process it should be part of what we're doing all the time in therapy you got you said that in the beginning this is, this is first cause you you can go to your therapist once or twice a week etc but you still live with your mind you wake up with your mind and you can't yeah. sleep you you between sessions of therapy you with your mind you're sitting with your mind now how do you manage it? So the neuro cycle is helping you to manage the big stuff that are showing up in patterns in your life and in a very systematized way, which we'll talk about now. But as you are also managing, you've also got to manage your life. You're, it's not just toxic things that are driving you. There's also the little day-to-day stuff, right. that the irritations and the little bad habits and things. Those also need to be managed. What happens if just before this interview you got a whole bunch of stuff going on in your business that was just like you got hit left, right, and center with multiple different problems? Now, you've got to get your head together and get into an interview. You could use the you use the neurocycle to bring your mind back under control. So in that so that's the basic principle. So the, the the our overarching principle. So the neurocycle is five steps that I've. Spend years scientifically looking at when you do step one, this happens in your mind, in your brain and in your body. When you do step two and you do the sequence, you're building on this way of getting your mind to operate. And to drive your brain, to make your brain operate at its peak performance so that you have the right optimal blood flow and oxygen and connection between the different parts because each part's responsible for a different kind of action. And you've got balance in the in the wave energy and you've got your endocrine system functioning and your heart's doing what it's supposed to do. This is a whole body affair. So the neuro, the neuro cycle has been designed to help establish that as a base so that whatever else you do is going to then follow from there. So when you go to an exercise class, neurocycle before you get in or while you're in there to make sure you get the benefit out of it. If you go into go and do exercise, but your mindset is I'm worked up or I don't want to do this or I'm just going to get it over and done with, you'll lose 90% of the benefit of that exercise if your mind's not right. You can be eating a healthy meal, farm to table, wild, et cetera, et cetera, but your mind's not right. This toxic depression or whatever's driving you, you're going to lose up to 80% so, of the nutritional so, value.
3: So we apply, and I know we're going to go over the actual neuro yeah. but we apply the neuro when we are feeling depression, but then we also apply it, is it before we go into a stressful situation? I know you mentioned working out. Like I didn't see it that way, but that's interesting. Is do, Maybe it's, it's a big job interview. Everything
2: everything because your mind is always with you what i'm giving you is a system for mind management your mind is always with you your mind is first course you want your mind to be optimum and optimum mind function is getting the conscious mind to talk to the non-conscious mind messy mind to work with the wise mind and that requires a, 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 a requires um, a way of, of of using your mind and that's what the neuro cycle is that then preps you for whatever you need so if it's a business meeting you're going into if it's an exercise class you're going into if it is a podcast interview going into if it is just during the course of a the day as things pop up managing those keeping your emotions under control so that your mind operates at its most efficient level what we want in a toxic in an acute trauma for example or an acute situation and varying degrees from extreme acute to maybe the minor acute things like a imposter syndrome from reading a toxic email or something you, you don't want to be thrown by those. So that's where mind management comes in as well. So, because that can throw you and then affect your decision-making. If you are thrown into messiness without managing it, you've immediately short affected your telomeres. You've increased homocysteine, which increases inflammation in your brain and your body. You've activated the, the immune system to send out immune factors. You've raised cortisol. You've, I mean, all these things, you've affected your heart function. You've increased things like prolactin, which is also, it's a hormone that is then directly related to emotional, um, functioning, um, or you set your that's the vulnerability state, then also you've dropped oxygen levels in the front of your brain. You've de- you've created an imbalance between the two sides of the brain. And this is in varying degrees. You've dropped blood flow. You've got too much of what we call high beta, not enough of gamma, all these fancy things I'm saying, which I describe in the book. And that then means your next decision is going to be lacking in wisdom. So no matter what happens to us, we want to keep ourselves in the wise state. So if you're trying to help a loved one through a crisis, if you're trying to help a business colleague, if you're trying to help just your your wife process something from the day, um, you know, just like the, your kids, whatever, you want to stay in the wisest state all the time. So this is constant mind management and self-regulation. And neuroscientifically, we can do this every 10 seconds. We designed, in other words, while you're awake, you can self-regulate and you have veto power to override. OK, sure, I was very snappy there. I got totally irritated. That person's response was negative. Um, I got mad back. I'm going to stop myself. That's what I'm talking about. How do I stop myself? You do the neuro cycle. You You become self-regulated. You start observing how you are functioning, how you're thinking, feeling, and choosing. And this is not going to happen overnight. But when you get into that state, that's when then you get to the point where I claim in my research and show from my clinical trials that you can get things like depression, anxiety, frustration, stress, burnout, etc. under control by 81%. And I mean, that doesn't mean that I don't still get depressed and anxious. Listen, I'm a human. So are you. All humans experience depression and anxiety. It's so normal. It's just a warning signal. It's a response. So it's not one in four have got depression. It's 100% of the population have depression, anxiety, panic attacks, but in varying degrees and depending on circumstances and situations and narratives. So what we've got to do is say, hey, we human. We battle with our mind, we battle with life, we get depression, we get anxiety, that is okay. Be kind to yourself, accept it, and manage it. If you just pretend it's not there, that's where the mess, then you stay in messy mind.
3: And so when we talk about the actual steps, you know, let's say you wake up depressed in the morning, and I think there's a lot of people right now waking up with that feeling.
2: Yeah, it is.
3: So the first step is gather, as I see here, you know, read, listen, and watch what you're thinking and how you're feeling. So can you take me through the process of... I'm depressed. The old person might just get out of bed, and say, "Oh, I'll just take a hot shower. I'll have my coffee, and I'll just, I'll fight through it. I'll breathe. I'll try to meditate. Maybe I'll take a walk. Maybe I'll work out, and I'll just get up and fight through." But I like if you stop and say, "I'm depressed. We've recognized it, and I'm going to now go into the five steps of the neurocycle." So take me through that morning. You sit up in bed and you're depressed. What do we do?
2: Okay. Fantastic way of doing it. Okay, so the first thing you can do is the brain preparation, which is the things you've described. So you're not throwing those out the door, but they're not enough. So they do make a change the you you could jump out of bed and do 10 push-ups, and, you know, do a bit of meditation, whatever works for you, havening, tapping, uh, maybe go for that jog, whatever it, what you can do, if you feel like you need to, to do something to help you calm down, you can do long, quick, whatever that's brain preparation. And I talk about that in, in the neuro cycle. We always want to prepare our brain and our body. So the first thing you wake up as you are waking, as you go from the sleep state to the wake state, there's a huge neurochemical shift. For example, you have these different horm- hormones in the brain um, neurochemicals that are flowing during the day, but they don't flow during the night. Now, suddenly you're waking up and they start flowing and you kind of get this rush. And that's the moment you want to grab because that's the moment where you can set yourself on the pathway for the day. You kind of set the mindset or the tone for the day. And it can always change. The the good news is you can start off badly at any point you can change. That's the hopeful part of mind management. So here you wake up depressed and to get, if you immerse yourself in it, that's the messy mind dominating. And therefore you're going to start getting all these chemicals, these all these implications physically that we spoke about. But what you immediately do is waking, it's it's a decision to wake up and notice how am I feeling. And this is not just mindfulness, this is an a, a gathering awareness. It's gathering implies I am in control, it's an empowering process, it's autonomy driven, it's 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 um it's um autonomy driven, it is control driven, it is me deliberately and intentionally standing outside of myself and observing myself. And that's key. It's called the multiple perspective advantage. And our brains are in love with that. Let me tell you, the minute you do that, your brain starts lining up and saying, okay, what can I do for you? Because your brain's there to help you. But if you stay in messiness, the brain is just going on the instructions you're giving it. So then the right. chemi- neurochemical chaos starts going all over the place. And it's like it's like a young child who doesn't know what they're doing and they're all over the place. Or when mm-hmm. someone's learning to drive, they're all over the place. So teach them to drive. Teach your mind to dr- drive your mind. So you gather awareness. Gather the word was very specifically chosen because gather means that I am actually deciding what I want to focus on. I'm gathering awareness in a very controlled way. So. Awareness is is a, a deep word as well. It means that I'm really looking in depth and, and, and my system is, is, is designed not just to gloss over, I mean, you can do this quickly, but I'm explaining it slowly so that you can mm-hmm. manage, understand the process. Gathering awareness is like taking, going up to an apple tree and going apple picking, and you choose. Oh, I like that apple, and I like that apple, and I like that apple. I'm in control, and I'm putting them in my basket. Gathering awareness is like that. You are going to go and pick and, and pick the apples off the tree, but the tree that you're going to pick the apple off is it's a, a tree. The signal that 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 you're picking up to start the process is depression so it's not a nice big rosy apple let's just imagine so, it's rotten so in the gathering
3: apple. i'm asking myself why am i depressed is is that what i'm thinking am, am i looking even, at even being... no
2: even before that so gathering okay. awareness is just gathering awareness of it it's oh just, just recognizing
3: i'm it. depressed it's
2: just really it's owning it yeah gotcha. it's literally okay. it's literally saying okay i'm depressed that's an emotional warning signal i pick the apple of depression i put it in my basket gotcha okay and then as a emotion a, a depression would never be alone because these things are always come But what else am I feeling what other apples can I pick what other emotional warning signals maybe it's frustration maybe it's a sense of, of burnout whatever 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 comes to your mind in that moment maybe it's two or three apples you pick generally it's two or three then you also need to look at gathering another signal and that is your bodily signals what is my body feeling mm. do you wake up feeling this knot in your stomach a pain in your heart yes um gi symptoms tension in your shoulders you know so be aware now do like a body scan we, you know we hear this all the time but this is this is a gathering awareness it's a looking so you're kind of associating okay this depression anxiety weird feeling i'm feeling now is associated with these this gi symptom hey i get this often so now you've recognized the pattern you've gained knowledge you're giving yourself power because next time you feel depressed and you get that, that sore stomach or whatever, you've already made the association. So it's giving you power. Okay, I know how to control that. I recognize that it's familiar and you can then start managing it. Then the, th- the next signal you're looking at is your um, is your behaviors. So now, yes, I know you've just woken up, but your behavior is one of, I don't want to get out of bed. Actually, this is happening quite often. It's been happening. Mm-hmm. If I'm real with myself, this behavior has been happening maybe for the last week, two weeks, one, whatever. So and then you look at your perspective signals. So what's my perspective? And you can do those four questions, those four gatherings of those apples. You can do that in like a few seconds, but it's very deliberate. It's very organized. And the way you're doing it, and I have to just demonstrate this. I'm holding up the toxic tree. I'm waking up. I feel this depression. That's the smoke signal. I haven't seen this yet. That's the smoke signal. I'm paying attention to that warning signal. I'm now becoming that. It's the clue. I'm now becoming the detective. So I'm as I'm, I'm standing back and I'm looking, I notice I'm not, under the tree, I'm looking at the tree. And this is so critical because I'm standing back and I'm observing. I'm not immersed in. I'm distancing. I'm creating space. Absolutely in, ph- phenomenally important for getting control over your mind, activating that wise mind. As you stand back, you're drawing on your internal wisdom, which is a core part of your neurobiology and your mind and the whole structure of how we function, your DNA, everything. So by standing back, you're allowing that to be activated. So very often what we do is if this is a big apple tree with rotten apples, we go under the apple tree and we knock the apple tree and we just, everything falls on our head. Now, meditation can do that. Because people, there's a lot of studies showing that you meditate, you become aware, and suddenly there's just all this stuff coming. What do I do with it? You know, it's too much. We've got to be very careful. So when you meditate, you've got to be very careful how you do meditation. And you've got to go beyond meditation and mindfulness into progressive steps. So all of this gather that I've explained now, all these little principles are very deliberate, do use mindfulness, are using awareness, can use the preparation of a meditation but now you've got to go beyond now i have a basket of apples now i need to ask the questions now you become curious and you start the ask answer discuss ask answer discuss which is reflect reflect is a beautiful word reflect is a huge word think of shining a white light through a prism and it comes out with all these beautiful multiple colors on the other side the rainbow in other words that one thing has got multiple dimensions. That one depression signal has got multiple ask answer discuss why, who, what, when, where. That perspective of life, that perspective signal of life sucks, has got depth. Why does life suck? So what we've got to do is start in this very objective stand back and observe ourselves, non-threatening, be kind to ourselves way, where we not alone because it's the messy mind and the wise mind. And you use words like you, not so it's not I, it's you. What apples are you picking? What signals are you picking? So you're creating the space. Now the second step is to reflect on that. You're really digging deep and asking and answering and discussing. Now notice those, those, are, those three things, those three words are vitally important in becoming um, a deep, introspective thinker that goes to a very high level of intelligence. You don't just ask and answer. You ask, answer, and discuss with yourself. So I'm feeling, okay, um, I picked depression. And frustration, and life sucks, and um, withdrawing, and um, and the apple of uh, gut issues. Why? Why am I? Do- and you can take each of those, and you ask questions around each of those. Why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? And as you start now, you've, you've you've changing your brain. Your brain physiology is changing. You're you're getting more oxygen and blood flow. The first step is pushed an increase of oxygen and blood flow to the front of the brain and balanced what we call alpha symmetry, which means that you're getting a high wave of alpha energy in the front of the brain in a balanced way because you're digging deep. When the alpha drops and the blood drops and the oxygen drops in the front of the brain, which will with messy mind, you can't see the wood for the trees. You you're in, you become a reactor instead of a responder. You become impulsive. Um, and that's when you make bad decisions. And that's when we just like, oh, this is too much. I'm just going to crash through the day. And it just goes from bad to worse. And that concept of getting out of bed on the wrong side. So now i'm not doing that by the time i get to the second step i've increased the alpha i've increased what we call gamma which is a a wave that moves through the brain in response to us asking answering and discussing it starts drawing on in a very creative way it draws on our ability to dig deep and get all our experience and see other perspectives it starts it prepares us for that state and then what you do is grab your little journal next to your bed or grab your phone Mm -hmm. and you start doing two writing steps step three and step four writing steps And by the way, there's a table in the book which you would have seen that describes all these five steps very simplistically. And it shows what's happening in the brain, the mind, and the body as you do them. And then there's tons of examples in the second part of the book and how to use this for detoxing, detoxing, trauma, and all that stuff. So it's very, as you've seen, it's very practical Mm -hmm. in the second part of the book. When you go to the third, as you've done all that ask, answer, discuss, there's a lot of stuff coming out. So you start writing it down. Now, this is very interesting. This first right step, you want to create brain patterns and i call them metacogs so instead of writing in a linear fashion you pull your whatever's coming out from the depths of your mind your brain and your body which is what's happening as you ask on to discuss after gathering awareness you want to just dump onto the page don't worry about order don't worry about beauty great sentences get it out the messier the better because in the mess you can then repair and grow so to do that i developed a concept called the metacog Um, And this is like 30 years of research behind this. And it is basically starting in the middle of the page and then just growing branches like a tree has branches and every branch goes out the previous branch. It's very challenging. It's very hard to do at first. But when you start doing it, it's unbelievably revealing the kind of stuff we would get like people with schizophrenia and multiple personalities battling with that from extreme trauma as a symptom. We would use this and show what's happening and help them to discern the different personalities and link it back to the traumas, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's very challenging and it's brilliant for digging deep. So you literally allow your mind just to do it, just dump all this information, but train yourself to put each word on a branch. And it's fascinating because you'll put a branch there and then you'll put a branch there and then you'll put one there, then you'll put more little branches. You're saying to physically
3: draw a tree like or something like a you, tree? Okay, take
2: a blank, take a blank piece of paper, get a neurocycle journal that we, mm-hmm. we've. A, a journal, just, NeuroCycle
3: cycle journal. Okay, yeah.
2: Well, we've got we've I just we, we've got some in development. We'll be able to get people able to get them soon through our site. But in, in the meantime, grab a journal, anything, okay. a big big one if you can, okay. with space and just draw a circle in the middle of the page and just start drawing a line, write a word, draw a line, write a word as you as it comes out. Just don't worry about it making sense. And as you instinctively put the words down, think, okay, that branch should go out of that branch because that word's associated with. That Oh, no, that's something else, and that's something else. In other words, you just create this kind of messy thing all over the page. And
3: maybe some of the negative things you're feeling.
2: Oh, yeah, everything Angry, comes
3: up. Angry, you know, nauseous, yeah. whatever it is. Okay,
2: Everything that's come up from the gather and reflect. Because gather, you got the signals, the apples. And reflect, you're asking, answering, discuss, discussing. That combination is dug deep. And now you are writing down what you've dug up. And as you write down, you're digging up more. And you're getting more interaction between the two sides of the brain. You're getting a whole body response occurring, um, and which is in- increasing your ability to introspect and dig the stuff out that you've been suppressing. Now your mind, non-conscious mind, which is awake 24 seven, your conscious mind is only awake when you're awake. Your conscious mind is always lagging behind the non-conscious. In other words, your body and your non-conscious mind and your brain are aware of things before your conscious mind is aware. So in these three steps, what I'm helping you to do is to dig out what you already know and to get it into your visual conscious awareness, because your non-conscious needs to work with your conscious to change stuff, but you can't change what you don't know about. And you're not going to dig this all out on day one. It's going to take 21 days, not to build a habit, but to find to do this deconstruction process that I'm talking about. So the fourth step, is now to go and look back at that metacog that messy thing take another color take a whole set of colored pens and now start trying to make sense adding words drawing lines circles arrows pictures look for patterns triggers antidotes etc powerful powerful activity you're starting to reconstruct reconceptualize reconceptualizing is one of the most powerful things when we change, we can't change by simply adding new information. A lot of therapy techniques and a lot of wellness techniques, like a positive affirmation or CBT, they're all good and they have their place, but they have their place in step five, not step one. And they're very often used right in the beginning of trying to heal someone. What they do is they, they and this is, I'm going to throw out a hard word here and I'm going to explain it incremental internalization. So what they do is they're just adding, Um, You've got an issue. Okay, let's take another thought. Let's take a positive affirmation. Let's take something and let's just put it on top, band aid style. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like my one friend talks about you can't put a band aid on a bullet wound. It doesn't work. Right. But that's, and so that's what gratitude statements, positive affirmations used in the wrong place, they're not at all. You have to get to the core. You have to get to the core. So basically, that would be step five. So essentially, what you're doing. But going back to step
3: four, sorry, doctor, because this part, um, now I'm a little lost on the recheck. So step four is reanalyzing, examining what has been written down. So we look at all these terms and you said, you know, you were talking about writing new terms or whatever. Like, I, I'm a little lost on that. What am okay, so I? What you, am I writing corrective terms for what I wish? You're
2: writing would... what you, you, you're trying to find order because the, the third step, which is the first writing step, the metacog is just pretty much just digging, getting everything out of your unconscious Can mind. Can you give me an example of stage.
3: what you might write in there in that step three, if you would, and then take me well, to step four
2: it's going to be different for every, every situation, but it may be that you're feeling like that let's say, let's say, for example, that depression and you may, yep. as you start writing, it might be, um, work, family, this issue, that person, a name, a yep. situation, it's like, and then there's it's like all over the place, yep. but it doesn't yep. kind of make sense because there's no full sentences. So it's just, it's names. It's, it's a description. It's a phrase. It's a quote. It's a, it's a visual image. I see this, it's kind of like just this whole lot of stuff that you put on the page. Mm -hmm. in these branched forms then the recheck you go and organize it so it's an organizing editing step you're editing you're basically editing okay going back and editing your work with the objective in mind what does this mean what are the patterns what are the triggers what are the antidotes how can i see this differently how can i see this in another way how can I reconstruct? What is the perspective? Okay. Those are the okay. questions that are guiding you in that particular instance. And, you answer, and you're answering those questions by maybe adding different you know, circles. Okay, so this means that I need to see that, oh, I'm seeing this person as con, as disliking me and that's making me feel very depressed because I've helped them so much. Mm-hmm. And so that's the sort of thing the recheck would show you. But maybe they're going through a bad day. Is it really that? What is the real perspective? Is they showing up like that? Maybe there's something else going on in their life. Maybe I've taken this too personally. That's the sort of thing that the research okay. would reveal. And this is happening all the time. Every time you're in a conversation at work with them, there's this this, this kind of issue. Um, so this is happening often. Okay, I need to see this differently. This is not just me. I mustn't just feel depressed because of um, this person being nasty. There's a reason I need to go and see this differently. Maybe this person has is going through something tough, or maybe there's something that I'm doing or saying, let me now see this from a different perspective. That's kind of what the recheck would do. It would identify the so we, would trigger okay. potential antidote. So
3: we're looking at it more deeply and maybe looking at all the things we've written down from a different perspective.
2: That's that's the reconceptualizing. Okay. Yeah, That's what you're doing. So you're not just adding new information. Um, you, you will add, but you're not just trying to, you're not just trying to a positive affirmation or, or a, a, a gratitude statement used in the wrong place or CBT techniques used in the wrong place are simply adding new information as opposed to redesigning the information. Because your story happened, whatever you've gone through, that's existed. It's there. But we've got to now make it work for you, not against you. So you can't make something go away by just saying, I am, I am loved or I am right and they are wrong. That's not going to work. You're going to have to redesign it. You're going to have to say, well, maybe I was wrong or maybe they are operating like that because of this. So you redesign, you reconceptualize. So in, uh, reconceptualiz- reconceptualization would be something like you've got situation X, you're feeling depressed. You've got situation Y, which is now you're trying to decipher all these things of why you're depressed. Reconceptualization in step four is getting an X, X, uh, is getting a Z situation which is a whole new thing. And, so it's like if you add sugar to your coffee, sugar is X, coffee is Y, and now I stir the, the the coffee and it tastes different. So I've created, I've reconceptualized, but all the elements of the coffee and the sugar are still there. But it's different. So and that's step, what the recheck is doing. So
3: with step four in that recheck, does it help to... And this is something Doctor Amen, who's a brain expert, says. I know he's
2: a friend of mine. Right. So, right.
3: So, okay. Probably that's <laughs> how we have you here. But would it help to apply his method of of looking at these and ins- some of these things and saying, "Is this absolutely true? Like this that's person's next- making me, eh, you know, this person screwed me over, right? Yes, those is are the that kinds abso- of You would ask, is that absolutely so those, yeah. true? Do I know that one hundred percent to be true?
2: Yeah, that's a famous set of questions developed. I cannot remember the psychologist in um in the 60s developed it's got it's a system there's there's five specific questions or six specific questions that that you can ask yourself that are great skill set that you can bring to the party there what i've done in the book is i've given examples of those type of questions that you can ask within that so yes it's basically looking at that and saying what does this mean actually how can i see this differently is that is that the truth about the situation? Maybe there is another side to it. There's always different possibilities mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's really questioning. Whereas the reflex step, the ask-answer discusses that, why are you feeling that way? To get to the recheck where you actually have evidence now, now you're looking at the evidence, you're saying, okay, which is true? How can I change it? What's the pattern? What's the trigger? All that kind of thing. So yes, gotcha. you can use that That basic, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the person that, because um, your know, Dr. Amen uses that in his in his therapy. It's a very famous Five six questions that mm-hmm. um yeah. I'll yeah. find the link and I'll send it to you so Thank that you, you can put it into the show. Um and then the last step is then to wrap that up with an active reach. So it's an action and this is where the affirmation, the gratitude statement, the tick te- the CBT technique, the ACT, those are just different techniques, things you can actually do. So it's an action that wraps up your work for the day because you don't solve everything on day one. You you know it, it, okay, let's come back to the depression thing. Let's Cancel what I've just said. We'll come back to that in a moment. So now you've gone through this little exercise um, and you're at at step five. And step five is, okay, I know I'm feeling from the step up to step four. I know at the end of step four that I'm feeling depressed because this person at work is constantly attacking me. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason behind it. So my action step is going to be, okay, it's not that I'm a bad person um it's not that i'm invaluable um i'm feeling invalidated because this person is constantly saying this so my action is to say something to create a statement that says i'm not i i i I am valid i am important my statement is important something like that so that you firm yourself and then but this person but then you go into a, a, a you you create a um scenario you you create a, an additional element to that, which is reach out and see, try to see the other that the other person has, is maybe also going through something. We're not an expert on anyone else's feelings except our own. So that person is showing up like that for a reason. So bring that into a thing. Okay, so that person, even though it makes me feel terrible, they, there's a reason behind that. So uh, my final little portion will be what can I do? So the first two little portions are a validation of ourself, an affirmation of ourself, and then a little like a little um, uh, uh, going beyond yourself and helping other kind of statements, seeing giving to the other person uh, going beyond yourself to a uh, helping someone else seeing it from their perspective So it's not just about you it's maybe they're going through something that increases your brain's ability to be to increase its level of intelligence Uh, as I've said that wrong, to increase the way the blood flows so that your intelligence increases to another level that then increases heart health and brain health. It's phenomenal. In other words, helping, seeing someone else in a helping way or trying to help someone else is going to increase your functionality by a 30% factor, 30 to 42% factor, your own body health. So it's not just about me getting me fixed. It's me recognizing why I feel like this and recognizing that, that the person who's making me feel like this maybe also needs help. So that shift also then increases your ability to solve the problem and to get the depression under control because all these are working towards healing your neurophysiology. And then the last little part of the active reach is just a simple action step. So it's, okay, I'm going to actually find a time to just sit down with this person sometime in the next 24 hours and just say in a very kind way, hey, immersed in kindness and love because that immediately will in create an environment where you can... Connect in, and in mercy, kindness, better.
3: and love. I love that to open up yeah. the statement. Oh, absolutely!
2: Uh, I did a whole podcast on what kindness and love does in the brain. You wanna you want to solve a problem? You, we we have to literally wake up in the morning and put on that mantle of kindness in everything that we do, because kindness activates the brain and the body to move into the into the wise mode. So so important. So as you may be as mad as hell as that person, but your little neurocycle in the morning that you just kind of walk through has helped you to shift back into kindness so that you can go to that person in kindness and that you can solve the problem and work out whatever it is
3: it seems like empathy is very valuable too
2: it is it's all part of kindness empathy is linked into empathy empathy will flow from kindness because kindness is a decision that you make to operate in which then changes all your neurophysiology and then the natural outflowing is this empathy and compassion and that kind of stuff you know and that that shifts things
3: and Dr. Leaf, is there any when I go back to that step four? Because that's the one that I'm having a hard time with, but I'm gonna read the book more and get it down. But for other people that are listening, you know, would it also help if you, you know, try to find the positive within some of those negative things?
2: Yes, so no, totally, totally. You're not just you're finding all but it's not limited to just like, negative. You know, if this person's always-
3: really mean to me at work let's say but they I have I have learned more endurance. I've learned to appreciate my last boss. I've whatever, yeah. right?
2: Exactly. Would that, ha- think, that help? Yes. That's okay. part of it. That's part of the reconceptualization process. It's part of creating the the sweet, the, the, the stevia plus the coffee gives you the sweetened coffee. You, you taking the, the, all the elements and you creating a new way of looking at it. They're awful. They mean they're terrible. I hate them. They hate me. My life sucks. Or I go to, okay, listen they've done this in the past for me or they really do this well or, so you look at it yeah from those perspectives you're basically bringing in looking at every element from another perspective you're always trying to find the other perspective that's your editing process
3: and if we do this for 63 days like right you know th- yes, this yes. this will help like retrain the cycle Right. To- well,
2: it, it changes the habit, changes the behavior. So, so let's just quickly distinguish. The wake up in the morning, I feel depressed, little little neurocycle. That whole process you can do in five minutes, ten minutes, three minutes. You can go through the whole little process, get out of the bed, and go through the day. If, um, if you however see that that depression is consistent, and in that little five minute or three minute little neurocycle, you see, ooh, this is only part of it. The person being ugly to me is only this part. There's other stuff going on in my life. I need to now, mm-hmm. there's a pattern. This the depression, waking up the depression has been happening yeah. for three weeks. Yeah. Then, you're to, then you're going to say, okay, now I'm going to do a 63-day process to actually unpack what's going on here. Because if this is a pattern, there's an issue. That depression is saying, "Hey, wake up! Your body is in a thirty-five to ninety-eight percent vulnerable state to disease. Your mental health is being affected, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. It's a call from your mind, body, and brain—the non-conscious that knows what's going on before your conscious mind does. It's calling you, so then you sit down with the five steps for fifteen to forty-five minutes a day, and you work through the five steps, not longer than forty-five. You can go shorter you can do seven you know seven two it takes about five to seven minutes to walk through the five steps pretty quickly so mm-hmm. anything from five to 45 minutes don't go longer because you don't want to get stuck in toxicity and you don't want to try you can't solve it in one day it's a little bit at a time and it's very emotionally overwhelming and it will create an emotional stuckness and a frustration where you'll think oh gosh i've done this and i know what to do but it's not working so what you have to do is be very kind to yourself and say okay just this limited time 15 to 45 minutes whatever and I do my five steps, and I stop with the active reach. And during the course of the day, as you um, as you go through the day, your active reach is what you use to help you, to keep you not going back and ruminating right, on right. that toxic issue because it's so easy. And whatever you think about the most will grow, and then it feels like it's dominating you. So you control the thought through your active reach.
3: And when... So you. When- and when you do write it down, is it something that you uh, should uh, should uh, destroy after you've written it down? Should you not show no, anyone? No, no, no. Keep
2: keep a record. So you, I've got an app called the Neurocycle app that actually goes Ooh. with the book okay. that people can download on Google Ooh. and iTunes, and it's great because it's all that it's it's me walking you through this process, and there's all little extra. There's a, the basic um, sixty three day cycle, and then there's all these extra things that we've added. Like if you've got Imposter syndrome, he has a neurocycle. If you feel depressed in the morning, he has a neurocycle. If you want a neurocycle with your kids' anxiety, he has a neurocycle. So I'll give you like pre work little exercises, um, which marry with the book too. So it's, okay. you've got the visual and the auditory. So essentially, what you would do is for the first 21 days, first three weeks, you would do the five steps very consistently, very deliberately over the course of every day. By the end, that's the time it takes to create what we call gamma peaks in the brain. And what that means, that fancy terminology means that I've listened to the warning signal. I've recognized the behaviours, all those signals that we spoke about. That we put the apples in our basket, done that whole reflect, write, recheck, and active reach daily. And as you, as you, each day that you do that, this thought, which is a real thing made of proteins, which carries weight. Thoughts carry weight, and people die. Their weight changes because these thoughts. Go. Okay, the weight goes. The energy driving them goes. Um, And that's where we can feel weighed down. So what you're doing is as you go through the five steps, you're taking, as soon as you're aware of something, it moves into the conscious mind. And now, as soon as it's in the conscious mind, we see from neuroscience that the little protein bonds that hold us together are weak. Anything that's weak can be changed. So what you do is you're taking one branch at a time, one piece of the root, and you are... Removing that energy, this is getting weak and weaker, and you are building a healthy, new, reconceptualized thought that I'm going to, uh, this depression, this consistent depression has come from all these different things. You found the source. So that takes 21 days. But now you have got, I said at one point that you, you build up to 8 to 10,000 thoughts in a day. Right. That's a lot of thoughts. You've been doing this your whole life. So can you imagine how many trillions of trees are in your brain? There are trillions so if you build a thought over 21 days and you don't stabilize it or turn it into a habit it's too weak to compete with whatever else is dominating so what happens is that people will go through this process and they you mustn't stop at 21 days because at 21 days you've done the work but it's not strong enough to impact your behavior change it doesn't take 21 days to form a habit it takes 63. so what you've then got to do is take this whole new little reconceptualized why you're depressed for the multiple reasons that you've discovered and how you're going to manage it you make one little final active reach of maybe three or four phrases a couple of little actions you put that into your Neurocycle journal or if you're using the app there's actually a place for your active reach reminders through the 21 days and for the next 42 days and so for, for the next 42 days you're doing just step five and that step number five is to literally as it pops up on your screen on your phone or you just open your diary or you've got a sticky note however you do it um, you are going to read that, think about that and try and apply it in your in your life that day. And you set it to pop up multiple times during the day because the more you see it, the more you think about it, the more it grows. Whatever you think about the most grows. By 42 days, this is no longer a teeny little thing having to compete with all this forest. It's now its own strong tree that of, of thought tree that will then be strong enough to impact your conscious mind. It doesn't just get stuck in the non and if people don't do that, that's when people say, "I feel stuck. I feel emotionally stuck. Or mm-hmm. I know what to do, but I can't do it. And yep. I know it's it's so hard. I can't get there. You've got to go the extra forty-two days.
3: Gotcha. And then
2: 60, 63 days to form a habit, and and, change And behavior. this
3: and this applies to not just depression, but shame, guilt, everything. Th- th- everything, self-loathing thoughts, right?
2: Everything. I have a list in the book of sample words and uh, of sample emotional words. To help people to just identify all of them any anything you feel mentally emotional any emotional thing like shame guilt condemnation frustration trepidation irritation um uh whatever um i can't even think of some others as i'm, as I'm saying there's so many i've put a whole list of emotional yeah. words i even put an emotional warning signal um guide that you can actually rank them and you can see how they change if you want to do that all of those are warning signals. They're not illnesses. They're all messages, and it's, they are telling you something. They're saying, "Hey, like an alarm, wake up! There's something here threatening your balance and your survival." So it includes, yeah, not just the anger and, ang- ang- and this works for and
3: detoxing. This is sorry, doctor. This works for detoxing trauma as well.
2: What I've described is detoxing trauma. Totally, this is a trauma program.
3: So that wraps part one of uh, an interview that. Uh at least outlines the five steps that we can take in the, in the neuro cycle to retrain a brain. So Kelsey, obviously there's a lot coming at us. Is it, is it too much for you or like, are you able to receive it?
1: No, I, it was so actually, far? it was interesting because I, um, the parts that you were getting confused about, I wasn't. But then when you asked the clarifying questions, I even felt like better about at the end. So I want to talk to you at the very end and see if you're still confused. Cause I think I can explain it. Okay. But, um, at first I literally was getting like almost so overwhelmed that I was like almost falling asleep. Is that weird? Like I was, no, no, it was
3: a lot of information. And I think sometimes when, um, you know, people are, uh, it, it, it takes a very unique person to have great information right? and then be able to convey that information clearly. Right. And then some people can't even do it written. Right. They have the info, but they can't even put it in a book. I mean, she, has it in a book and then sometimes speaking wise you know you don't have an editor right i make that mistake all the time so i'm a better writer than Mm -hmm. i am a host because a lot of times i'll get long winded and you know whatever but if i see that on paper i go okay right i've said that for that same notion four different times i'm gonna compress i'm gonna cut that yeah so
1: and I also think too, it's like I was for well, I was like stop it because it was my body like kind of shutting down because it was like holy cow. No, I yeah. Need to know well,
3: this. it was a lot like we're all like cut to the chase, right? Meaning because we're you know she was taking us through the process and the why Which and how. Is so good and right. Yeah. But we get like give me the silver bullet. Yes. So that's all that was. Yes. And and I think it was good to have uh, you know us who really wants the information mm-hmm. and is desperate to get better that could keep you know bringing her back and i didn't mean to interrupt her but um no i th- I, but,
1: I i think what you did was great and i think it's one that
3: but um, it's heavy stuff it's i mean heavy. You, i'm
1: gonna need to listen to this yeah. one again like
3: and that's all it is it's heavy but think about you know if you can retrain the mind which yeah. i think you can yeah. oh my goodness what a like i think it's gonna change a lot for a lot of people's lives i think so too certainly my own and yeah. and i agree with i've always said you know, when I see people with cancer or autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. I've always thought it was tied to emotion. And we hear it more and more from people. But then, you know, where's that emotion come from? Right. It peel layers back. It comes from our minds. Right. Right? Which tell 100%. our brains. And da, da, da. so, and anyway. Then stuff
1: manifests, yeah. She's brilliant, though. I was just like,
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Brilliant. Anyway, so stay tuned for yeah. part two where uh, we're going to get even more.
0: Stay tuned.